Back here on three and out, hour number two of the show. We're going to open up the phone lines, 865-546-8200. Your number if you want to hop on with us. Let's get Titans Bill in here first. What do you say, TB? I'll tell you what, last night's, yesterday's loss was not Mike Frable's fault. If there's anybody that needs to be blamed here, is that offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly. Frable, use your head for something besides a hat rack and get rid of him. He doesn't wear a hat. Yes, he does. He had a cowboy hat on yesterday. Oh, Lord have mercy. Uh, yeah, TB, what do you think about O'Kelly? Like, there's some rumors out of Nashville that Vrabel's got him uh, handcuffed. Do you buy that? Man, if he keeps him, he's a fool. That's the that's the type of thing that got Philip Fulmer in trouble. Mm-hmm. Showing loyalty toward his coaching staff, and he ended up getting the pink slip for it. And it's good. It, I just don't want history to repeat itself. Get rid of him. Look, you got rid of your you got rid of your um, you got rid of your special teams coordinator. Mm-hmm. He needed to go. You got rid of Tier Tart. Get rid of him. Get rid of Tim Kelly. I I feel like the team's still playing pretty hard for him. Uh, TV. It's not like Brain. Uh, Staley at the Chargers, where the team just gave up. Yeah, well. He still motivates the guys. First of all, I thought after that big victory they had over Miami, I Mm -hmm. thought just maybe this would turn the season around, but they just pulled a Sammy Davis Jr. on me, meaning what kind of fool am I? They made a fool out of me yesterday. I've noticed with this team, Titansville, they get really conservative if something good happens to them early. And they got that pick six early on in this game, and it felt like this is the kind of game, look, you got some momentum, you're coming off a big win over Miami, just don't do anything stupid. You know, try to score some points because you had Houston on the ropes. And then they just go uh-huh. into a shell and they let, they let the Texans claw mm-hmm. their way yeah. back and then – Next thing you know, boom, you're in overtime without a quarterback. Like it just it seems like they don't know when to be aggressive and they don't know when to play conservative and they seem to always get it wrong. Mm-hmm. They want to be the run the football, milk the clock, but w- what did Henry average yesterday? 0.6 yards yeah. a carry. Yeah. He's washed. Like, like you you've got to you've got to create some I mean, not even offense, not even points at that point, just first downs. Like, you've got to be able to waste the clock. And they just kept trying to hammer Henry into a brick wall. I realized the protection was was no good, but, like, use, use Levis's arm strength. Go quick hitters. Go screen game with Spears. It just – they never – I just – I don't know. I'm not saying it's necessarily Vrabel. I just don't like his feel for the game most times. What a disaster. I'll tell you, the bottom line is this, guys, and pardon my French for saying this, he needs to start kicking some asses. Mm. He, needs to start, he needs to start doing some more, some more ass-kicking <laughs> if they're going to really turn it around, because if not, we're gonna, they're going to have another season like they had last year. And maybe, you know, next year he's going to be feeling the Glenn Fry, meaning the heat is on. 
I'm referring to Mike Frable. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now they've got some stuff to figure out, and I'll be curious to see what they do the rest of the way. I mean, they're out of playoff contention. Do they try to protect Levis? I mean, he's been <laughs> he's been beat to hell. Yeah. Do you just you know do you shelve him? But then you got does Tannehill want to play? Like then what do you do? I mean, this yeah. they've. I know there's not a lot of games left, but there's really no point in winning any of them. Well, they should have a decent draft pick, and I think um, they have the most cap space going into the offseason as well. They should be so good on cap be space, get, yeah. Get why some, am I even going yeah. to this game when they're playing the Jaguars? I don't know why I'm even going this to this game. When is that? Is it? That's the 7th of January. That's oh. their last mm-hmm. game. I don't know why I'm going to this game. I don't even like the Titans. <laughs> no, and if the Jags make the playoffs uh, and their spot's secure, like you're not going to see Trevor Lawrence or ETN or Evans. or Yeah, yeah that's a bad – it's a bad game. There's a reason those tickets were free. Yes, yes. There definitely is Mm-mm-mm. a reason. Anything else for us, TB? Well, I would have to say what this upcoming draft, let's say if, I, of course, it's April, and I'll tell you what, it's not that far away. If I were Rand Carthon, if Marvin Harrison Jr. is available, go get him. <laughs> go Get him. Thanks for the call, TB. Uh, let's see. I'm just. I don't think Marvin Harrison is going to be available around. What are they picking right now? That's like, what I'm going to check. Uh, they're currently 12? at nine. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be gone. No, he'll be gone. I'm just wondering. Will Brock Bowers be gone? It just. It feels like there's no way Marvin Harrison is not gone by the time the Bears pick you, second. Why wouldn't you get like that? Joe Alt or whatever, like from Notre Dame, like the left tackle or like something like no, that. No, they, they might. I mean, I feel like it's easier to to find a playmaker or something in free agency, possibly. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Team needs in order, according to CBS Sports, is wide receiver, offensive wow. tackle, D tackle, edge, and running back. Mm. And right now, like I said, they're picking nine. I guess there's a chance. I mean. I don't know. We'll we'll just see kind of how it unfolds. I wonder if it would make more sense for the tri- Titans to trade back and get more picks later, or if you got to use your first just, pick and trade up and maybe go get the best offensive tackle. I mean, I just saw Levis get bent in half, about broken. He's about to be broken. Anyway, yeah. didn't they tell him to stop running the ball? Like, yeah. And he's out there running around, and he I mean, has Der- to. It breaks down. Derrick Henry goes sixteen carries for nine yards. So clearly, you don't have anybody blocking for him either. You know, you don't have any – I don't know. It's, they've got a lot of questions. Yeah. That's a tough job. A lot of problems. Trash organization. Let's get Philly wow. in here next. What do you say, Phil? All are up. All, <laughs> all are up. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, morning, Philly. Those jerseys did look sweet. And they look good in the loss. <laughs> well, I was going to uh, top build Tennessee basketball. Come on. Football yeah. recruiting, but uh, – Oh, let's put the facts on the table. The the Oilers are a losing organization. The best thing ever happened to the organization, they were one yard short. Mm-hmm. They're losers. <laughs> they always will be. You know, that's just what they are. They're awful-looking uniforms. Looks like a, looks like a, a you know, economy out there. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like the old Miss uniforms and old Miss uniforms seem to be recruiting pretty well. Yeah. Well, Lane, Lane knows how to come to knock some good ball players, don't he? <laughs> yeah, he was trolling us, wasn't he, too? Gosh, all uh, those video. You know he loves that so much, photos too. Photos of our Tennessee private jet. Golly. <laughs> 
Just they probably caused all his hot spots while he was here in town. Oh yeah, came in, you know. Roosters. Yeah, I stayed off North yep. Shore just in case. <laughs> but uh, football recruiting. Tell me about this uh, lineman they got committed yesterday. The JUCO kid. Yeah, any good? Uh, oh, he's a body, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of weird, Philly. So when he got to college, he was a receiver. And in two and a half years, he's gone from 190 Mm -hmm. to 302. What did he eat? I mean, you see what I ate, and I ain't even that big. Milkshakes? I've watched some of his tape, Philly. Like, he's actually very explosive for 6'2", 302. So I don't know if this is a, a Rodney Garner, you know, like don't tell anyone we found this kid. I mean, it's happened before. It happened with Vaughn Pearson back in the day. Um, so w- we'll see. Uh, it was definitely surprising. But immediately when he committed, Rodney Garner and Coach Heupel were all tweeting out about it. So it seems like they're pretty excited. And if I'm not mistaken, Philly, this morning, Tennessee got a commitment from Braylon Harmon. Catholic's own. Oh, I think he's a. What year is he? I think he he might help him in time over there. He'll probably be a receiver. Yeah, they said he's listed as a corner or a receiver. So is he like a, you know, a kick a kick returner? Uh, I mean, Hopple's had you know he's had a problem kick returner except for this year, and then the guy just fair catched it out the rest of the year, but he made a couple of returns. Okay. Well, so twenty twenty four class, right. Brett. Okay. And then the uh, the guy from Jake's old school, is he any good? 108 tackles, four interceptions over the past two years. Well, I mean, he's any good. I don't care how many tackles he <laughs> I don't like MTSU. <laughs> I Everybody was mad. Yeah. Was it? Maybe I'm just remembering Hickman play. being I mean, mad about it. Good. I- Hickman said that he's just going to be a depth guy, but the thing is, there's no depth there, so he might actually end up being a starter. Like got to be better than Will Brooks. <laughs> got to be better than somebody. I mean, good yeah, lord. Yeah. I mean, better than Burrell Island at least. I mean, where was he going originally? Oregon State, and we pulled Oregon, him off. Or- I thought no. I don't know, but it was Oregon State. I think it was Oregon State. Yeah. He decommitted. He was from a top there. ten safety in the portal, right? I think. Yes, he was yeah. a top ten safety in the portal. Well, secondary is still my number one uh, problem with the football team. Uh, who do you think is going to project as uh, starting line in that secondary next year? Just what the guy over there now, and what they're Gosh. hopefully bring in. I, I mean. Um, Who's sticking around? <laughs> well, we got to get some bodies over there first. Yeah, I mean, I think the trio of, uh, what is it, Matthews, Gibson, and Conyers at corner. Like, you, you got to hope that two or three of those guys are just really, really good. Yeah. And then they've well, got Judy it. Lally, he can come back, and he hasn't said, I mean. I mean, I'm not against say, it if he comes back, but I, I mean, I, you've got to get more athletic in the secondary. You've got to get faster. You've got to get guys who can turn their hips and run. I mean, I think, you know, Tank McCullough and Tamari McDonald, I think they were okay safeties. Yeah. But athletically, like, they're just kind of average in the SEC. Yeah. And this is Tennessee. Like, I'm not saying you got to have, you know, Eric Berry on one side and Deion Grant on the other. But those are the types of players that if you have one – and I mean, re- remember Eric Berry being in your secondary? He covered up a lot of mistakes at just that one position. Mm-hmm. If you can get a little bit better at corner, and I realize it's Eric Berry. Like, yeah. these guys aren't growing on trees. No. But if you can get more athletic at safety, then, you know, maybe Banks is 
a little more comfortable calling man in certain situations. Maybe your zone is a little bit tighter and you're not getting picked apart because I think Rodney Garner is going to do fine at getting pressure. Right. We should be better at linebacker next year for when we blitz if we're healthy. But you've got to have guys that can match up man-to-man with and, – and I get it. You know, Alabama and Georgia occasionally on a given year, they're going to have a guy you just can't really match up with. Right. I mean, just but it happen. can't be Missouri, and it no. can't be Kentucky, and it can't be NC State where you just throw your hands up and say, we can't cover this guy. You, this is Tennessee. You've got to have corners you can run. Well, in the talent pool for your secondary, especially in recruiting, it's nowhere near what it used to be. Because when you look at the guys that are coming up through the ranks today, you know, even starting in middle school and high school, your most athletic guys are, are going to play offense. They're either going to yep. play quarterback, receiver, or running back because none of them want to play defense. Coaches don't want to put them on defense. It's like, okay, well, we need to score points. This guy's fast. He's got decent hands. I'm going to throw him at wide receiver. So your talent pool for your secondary, I mean, it is. I feel like we got near. more athletic, though, with these high school kids. We got Boo Carter. He looks yeah, like a great Boo athlete. Carter, is Boo Carter going to play safety or is he going to play corner? I don't know I yet. I don't know yet. No. And his, well, I mean, his teammate don't know. Like like all these guys you listed are, are cornerbacks and. Who's going to play safety? Um, I mean, Caleb, right, Caleb, right. Caleb Beasley's coming in. He's a good corner in, out of the state. Uh, uh, Boo Carter had a teammate, Gory, or whatever his name, Gore, is coming in as well. So, I don't know, getting some bodies, at least we can try somebody different back there. You know, we definitely got more athletic and younger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. And then you still got the problem of uh, probably terrible coaching in the secondary. So, I, you know, I don't know. Willie Moe special. What'd you think of basketball, Phil? <laughs> Well, he won the game, didn't he? I mean, did you stay up for it? I stayed up as much as I could. <laughs> That's awful bad, but you know, all these inferior games they had all day, and then put that game on that late at night. I'm just kind of ridiculous. Made no sense, Billy. None. Especially two teams in the Eastern Time Zone. Right. Yep. Don't make any sense. Put you in San Antonio, Texas. They put Ole Miss on at seven thirty. I mean, good lord. <laughs> Who's going to watch Ole Miss if Ole Miss fans? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Although they're undefeated right now, and that's, that's our first conference game. What would yeah. you think of D.J. Burns out there? Looked pretty good. Yeah, he's put, put on some weight <laughs> since he left here. <laughs> he played 33 minutes. I was impressed. I bet he got a hold of the churros down there. <laughs> yeah. be nice if uh, Tennessee still got a weakness inside. They go up against a good big man, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. it didn't help that A.D. was – Apparently a little sick. But a walker rebounded hard. Yeah. Yeah, he hit double-digit rebounds. Uh, that's good to get back to his uh, old self. He does, that's the best thing he can do is rebound, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody seemed pretty excited he uh, cut Ganey's minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy about that. But uh, Zither playing 38 minutes, I don't care uh, yeah. if he's playing great or not. It's too. It's just too much. Tap on this where he gets. He got hurt last year playing excessive minutes. Yep. And Barnes knows people over are stupid. <laughs> He's gonna get hurt again, and that's well, on their face if it happens. Yeah. Where's Freddie Delong? Is he gonna play any backup point guard this year? It's a great question. Yeah, I don't know where he was. I mean, with his athleticism, I expected to see him on the floor a lot more than what we have up to this point. Well, when they play Kentucky, you better have him on the floor because you see Kentucky. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, Kyle Perry, I mean, good Lord, that guy, where did he get all these players? I mean, get them, make, keep them all happy. He went back Making to one and players. done. They're one and done yep. ball now. 
Mm-hmm. Well, NIL. Their best player is that white guy. He can Shepherd. Uh, he, he's the he's the glue of the whole thing. Boy, he can shoot. <laughs> What's is he's he? Just a good player, man. Isn't he shooting like seventy percent from three? Who's yeah, at least nice in the field. Oh, uh, Reed Shepherd. Three point line. Unbelievable. I told you, Philly. I get good off here. I don't want to rip Barnes today, but you know. Save for overtime. <laughs> <laughs> and Hopple, Hopple, uh, you better get some secondary help. We got a tight end. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, they do. <laughs> the better one up both games. Mil- uh, yeah, is Milton going to play or not? I don't want to get it before I get off here. Milton playing? I don't Your know. That's as good as ours, Phil. <laughs> I mean, they Nobody started. Knows. They started, started practice, practice, so I'm guessing he's playing. I've been told that no he's Lord. playing. Uh, he hates it. I don't hate it. I don't know if I love it. No, I said Philly hates it. He despises it. No, no, I'm agreeing. Like I, I don't, I don't love it. Yeah, we're done carrying water for Milton at this point. <laughs> Time to it dump just, it out. No, like it just there. feels like this is this should be an opportunity for Nico. Like absolutely, hundred percent. You got your opportunity last year. I know it was injury related, but it, you know, like, <laughs> like, I, just go go work on the senior bowl. It's fine. Work on the senior bowl. Get yourself ready for pro day in the combine. Yeah, that's what you tell them. Stay with us. Three and out continues right here on Fan Run Radio. Sister cries out. Welcome back. Three and out continues on. Pick you up some White Claw Hard Seltzer. Please drink responsibly. Matt is up next. What do you say, Matt? What's up, Jake? Hey. Morning, boys. Morning, Matt. We uh, Can we talk a little Joe Milton? Yeah, come on now. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Um. I the more I think about this, the matter I get, guys. Like it, it just seems the, the. And tell me if you guys agree or disagree. It, if you got a guy that can come in and start a game and get the experience of taking the first team reps, the full time, announcing that he's going to start to get that experience, and just the team rallying around that experience, what does that do to your quarterback? I mean, it's crazy to me. Like, I don't understand. Joe Milton should be there in support, but not. I wouldn't let the guy take a snap because it's it's just pointless. It doesn't mean anything. But I guarantee you guys, he's going to probably start. He's going to probably play a half, if not three quarters, and Nico's going to get, you know, a quarter of reps that are pointless. I it, I don't get it, man. Is he even going to get that practice? Because when you look at this, like, I don't know why, but I could see this being like a 10 to 7 or a 13 to yeah, 7 game. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. I could definitely see that. I mean, you know, Matt, it just goes back to prove my point that these bowl games don't matter. I mean, well, the way that everything is happening now with the guys opting out, you know, guys entering the portal. You know, right now, when you look at these bowl games, if you're not in the college football playoff, you're basically playing a glorified exhibition game. Well, that's what's confusing because I agree with you. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd love to get to nine wins. I want to win every game. Yeah. But really, what this bowl game and and I think we agree with it last year. Like, 
you wanted to beat Clemson, but I guess because it was Joe, it's like, well, we're preparing for next year no matter what. It just feels like this is a game you should see. Neek, and, and maybe they will, right? Maybe they will. I don't, I don't know what the what the plan is. Maybe they're going to alternate series, or it's going to be 2-2-2-2, two, 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 whatever. Um, but knowing that Joe is out of eligibility and knowing that Nico is your guy next year, it just feels like this is the opportunity where, yes, if, if you lose the game, Tennessee fans are going to be upset. But I remember us losing to Purdue, and I don't think anybody was really upset by that. I mean, you're upset with – you're more the, upset about the officiating. Yeah, yeah, but it wasn't like, oh, Heupel didn't have the boys prepared. It's 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 a bowl game. It's a glorified scrimmage. It's an exhibition. And you've got a quarterback who has not had very many meaningful reps. No. You know for a fact he's going to be your starter next year. Yep. you got to get him in the game, and it's got to be a significant amount of time. Like, let him go out there and run the offense. You've got all this extra time to game plan, to insert scheme, to teach him exactly what he needs to know. Like, hey, you know, these these are the the 60 plays that we're going to call. You know, we're going to call some of them twice, some of them zero times, some of them once. But this is your playbook for Iowa. Mm-hmm. And you got to go out there and see if he can execute it. Well, and you don't want to put yourself in a situation, too, like you did with Joe this year, to where you're having to throw those screen passes. You're having to throw those right. bubble screens because you don't trust the guy to throw it any more than 10 yards down the field. I mean, the stats, you know, speak for themselves. And where we were throwing the ball, it was between the numbers and between the sideline. Mm-hmm. It was the only yeah, place yeah. that we really threw the ball because that's the only place that we trusted Joe with it. God, so oh man, it just infuriates me thinking about that. And and to your point, Houston, with him starting, like to get the reps, if if, he, if they're going to scheme up, and I think that coach does this, don't they set those games up where they pretty much know the first 10, 20 plays? Uh, Heupel does for sure. Yeah. Right. So if he doesn't start, he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that experience. So I, that's why I'm just like, start the guy. I don't. I think if he even comes off the bench, it's unacceptable. Like it, it makes no sense for Milton to start because no. starting a game, that experience is just invaluable. Like you can't. This is a great opportunity to get it to a really. It's an inferior opponent. You know, it, it, you're probably right, Jake. It's probably going to be a 10, 14 game, but. It also might be one of those where I'm thinking that and freaking Milton goes out there and has 10 touchdowns in the first half. <laughs> Something just to piss me off. Well, I, know, I, w- I wonder as well as if they're not looking next season knowing, oh, we opened with Chattanooga. Maybe if we opened with NC State, it might be different because they'll think, yeah. oh, he'll get that game reps right, the game before right. NC State, you know, against Chattanooga. You know, maybe they just don't want to risk him going out there against great defense and – I don't know, but that is like I, that is that doesn't. I mean, I, that, I, mean, that, I that agree. Might be their yeah. thought process. You're right. I mean, that's probably their thought process. But that's what I guess that's why it makes me so mad. I think yeah. you got a great. Why not stick him out there against a good defense to see where you really stand? I mean, mm-hmm. And what if he goes out? He starts the game and he balls out, and then we got a whole off season of just fun, good hype, you know. And if he plays poorly and we lose the game, well, who cares? He's got a freshman that people. came in and got beat by a good defense. You're not going to. You know, I say that. I'm probably going to criticize it the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. I'd be nervous if he went out and struggled. <laughs> Is anybody getting the same vibe that we got leaving the 2016 season and entering the 2017 season? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. No, I'm not, man. Not even close. Not, not yet. Close. Yeah. Not until you said that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jake. Yeah. There it is. Jake. All right, boys. All right, Matt. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate the phone Have a good one. Who else we got, Brett? 
Uh, Jamie. Let's get him in here. What do you say, Jamie? Jake in the AM. What's up? Scramble Jake. Uh, <laughs> you, you still doing uh, overtime? I am still the host of overtime. Okay. All right, man. All right. Well, um, you know, guys, we're still young in our uh, coach-fan relationship with Hopple. We learned a lot about him in year two. Uh, but unfortunately, we learned a lot about him in year three too, as well. Uh, his I've never seen such head scratching coaching moves. You know, I complained a lot about his. Um, you know, here we are trying to kill kill time with a lead in several games, and him got he's got his quarterback running up there and taking snaps with twenty seconds to go on play clocks, and that's like, uh, what are you doing? I mean, that's coaching one hundred and one. That's just straight up dumbassery because. <laughs> Even Pruitt knows better than that. Uh, and kicking field goals, when you're down four scores to kick a field goal to remain down four scores, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there, there's some serious issues with his game day management. Now, on the other side of that, he's an offensive genius. So, I, you know, what I've come away with after three years of Josh Heupel is I just hope that his offensive genius outweighs his coaching game day malpractice. And this whole letting Milton hold this program hostage is a stu- – and uh, forgive me, who's, uh, I know Houston. Who's in there with you? Uh, Brett. Brett. So you were talking, you know, it might be different if they were open with NC State. And it's Ch- You know, opening with Chattanooga is not good. That is going to be zero experience for Nico. When when you got to compare what he's going to be facing in the Southeastern Conference, you know him him playing open, you know from from pillar to post against Chattanooga is going to matter nothing. In my in my opinion, it's going to matter nothing. It's like an orange and white game. It's actually less than an orange and white game because the talent on the other side of the field isn't even comparable. That's why I like the idea of him playing a lot against Iowa because let, let's say he does struggle and he does make mistakes. That's not a high-powered offense going against you. So if he throws a bad pick on your side of the 50, you're probably getting away with giving up a field goal. If he throws a pick across midfield, you're probably going to force a punt. Like That's what Iowa does. They're not an up-and-down-the-field offense, so your mistakes aren't magnified against a team like Iowa the same way they are against an Alabama or a Georgia with one of these offenses that can just grind you up no matter what. Well, that's why Iowa would, would be such a good test for him because right. they are because they're a good defense. defense. They're good defense. Yeah. You right on the head, Jake. It just doesn't make any sense. Like it's a it's a good defensive test, but your mistakes aren't magnified by the fact that it's a high powered offense and you're you're down twenty one nothing. If those mistakes happen early, that's why. As weird as it was, I wanted Iowa for that very reason because you can play a young quarterback. He's getting great experience against a good defense. Now, are they top level SEC good? Probably not, but they're pretty damn good. And then your mistakes, if he even makes any, which Mm -hmm. I'm assuming he would, but. As long as they're not pick sixes, like th- that Iowa team is not going to go and hang 40 on you. Yeah, that defense isn't maybe Georgia or Alabama level, but it's most certainly Kentucky, Missouri. Uh, Florida, you know, yeah. Like talented, talented, well run. They know what they're doing. Like it just, I don't know. I, I thought that made yeah. a lot of sense, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm of the opinion. I was arguing, you know, Jake, I'm on these Facebook groups. I was arguing with these idiots that quoted, quote, Milton has earned the right to play uh and i'm how? like I, how yeah by doing what 
by doing what? I, this is this is the University of Tennessee, not the University of Joe freaking Milton. Uh, and look, look, guys, uh, the, and it, all this is done is and Hopple, he has got to learn to be a coach in the SEC. All this does is open it up for guys like me next year when we lose a game to say, hmm, I wonder if some experience would have helped him right there. You're going to cost us losses next year when you can get these, you know, let's let's learn against Iowa, win or lose. I would I want to win the game too. I want to be not. I want to have nine wins. You know, I want to. But what's more important to me is I want to go in next year with a quarterback that's got more experience than throwing, you know, seven passes uh, against uh, Austin Pete. And, and and if you lose a game, you know, a close game next year from a mistake by the quarterback, well, don't think I'm gonna be the only one. That brings up the fact maybe you should have got, you know how how does it benefit this program going forward to play Milton's uh, versus Iowa? It doesn't. Well, Jamie, it, you also have to look doesn't. at one of the other comments that was made on one of those posts. Their loyalty will pay off, and we will win a national championship. Do you know how many Cubs fans died saying that their loyalty as a Cubs fan <laughs> would pay off? Well, and it could benefit Joe though too. He goes out and plays one of the bowl game. That's back-to-back games. These scouts have look at him playing in a game. That's fine. That, yeah. That's fine. But at the same time, you I mean, gotta, he's getting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just trying to look at it both yeah. ways. So I don't know. We're well. I th- I just think we're putting too much stock into a game that doesn't matter. Right. Me too. And you know, like I said, I, I'd like to win the game, but more importantly to me is getting a quarterback ready. It's like Russell thought everybody he couldn't believe the stupidity of his poll when he said. Would you rather lose the game with uh, with Nico than win the game with Milton? And I said, absolutely, rather lose the game with Nico because it gets us ready for a whole damn season, you know. And it's one bowl loss. I I don't think next year if we lose to Florida, he's going to be like, well, at least we beat Iowa last year in the freaking Cotton Bowl or, or uh, whatever bowl. the hell it is where the Citrus Bowl we're in. <laughs> you know, these guys, these guys, they don't ever. You know they don't they don't ever look at the receipts and I do uh, I got a memory here. Um, you guys on the way out, y'all were talking Titans ball earlier. Uh, I'm a I'm a Steelers fan and your your franchise, believe it or not, is in better position than mine because well, here's what we do: we win just enough games, uh, we we lose just enough games to not make it into the playoffs, but we don't but we don't uh, lose enough to get a, a decent draft pick. Mm-hmm. So you stay in perpetuity of, you know, mired in mediocrity. And uh, I just pray to God that we just lose out and they blow this bum out. I'm so sick of looking at him and him up there with his word salad every Sunday. You know, he he blames everybody in the world. It's his program. Uh, I just, I'm so here. I can't believe I let it bother me as much as I do anymore. But he's one. He's been there for 17 years, guys, and he's only got four seasons that he's won uh, playoff games in. And 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 everybody wants to tell me if they fire him, he'll get another job immediately. Good, let him go to some other program. You know, let him go to the Rams or or some other uh, franchise that that sucks, that makes stupid decisions like the Bears. Uh, you know, let, let let them make that decision. Why would that ever be? If a guy, if I'm the owner of a team, and I'm like, I've got my, you know, my thinking cap crew around me, and my Jakes and, and Houston's and Brent. All right, guys, we got to move on. This guy sucks, right? No, he could get rehired. That is not enough. That should have nothing to do 
with whether or not we're moving forward with him or not. Is, is are we winning with the guy? No. All right, moving on. What does it matter if somebody rehires well, somebody that, or not? And the problem there too, Jamie, is like that's been the Steelers' DNA for so long. Like we just we do not fire coaches. Yeah, and and you know what? And it that's like I was telling Russell now. That's great if if you if it translates into something. Right, right. But it's it's like uh, they tried to say that with Fulmer because we had majors for seventeen years and then Fulmer for uh, right about that same amount of time. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not. It was translating, but it ain't anymore. So um, you got to, you know, if you're driving off towards a cliff, I, I know I got to change directions. What direction I'm going to change it to, I don't know, but I know I got to change it. Um, I, I don't know, guys. I'm just, uh, I let it bother me too much. Um, I'm, uh, I'm ready to move on. And knowing, knowing my luck, we're going to win out. Somehow get a, a wild card, and uh, we'll be looking at Tomlin's stupid mug again next year on the sidelines. But good hearing you guys in there morning. Uh, I'll holler at y'all later. Appreciate the phone call, Jamie. Thanks, Stay Jamie. with us. Final segment of hour number two coming up right here on 3 and Out. Final segment, hour number two, the GOAT Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. Yeah, I think this is the week. I'll probably watch it three times. I've already watched about 12. so I've seen bits and pieces of it a bunch, but this is the week. I'll, i got to find it without commercials. you got to find like the yeah. straight-cut version. Bring out the old DVD player used in the time. I don't think I don't have it on DVD. I may actually do it. You know how many copies of that I have on DVD because everyone knows it's my favorite Christmas Christmas movie, and my mother, who knows that she buys this for me every year, knows I've, that I have like four copies of it. I have had that in my stocking at least six times in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Not mad about it. Love that movie. Yeah, I had it on VHS too back in the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, showing my age a little bit. Let's get Jordan in here next. What do you say, Jordan? Hey, good morning, fellas. How you guys doing? Morning, bud. Good. Hey, I want to call in and uh, talk about a couple of things that you guys are hitting on this morning. Um, you guys were talking earlier about how these bowl games really don't mean anything anymore, um, especially, I think, next season, you know, when the 12 teams mm-hmm. playoff kicks in, these bowl games will really mean nothing anymore. I think that what you're going to start seeing going forward, and if these coaches are smart, which some of them are, some of them aren't, they should start using these practices in these bowl games as basically what the NFL does with OTAs and voluntary workouts because you have an, another transfer portal window that opens after the new year. Use these three weeks as practices and use the bowl game as practically a scrimmage to, to understand what your roster is and what it needs and then use the portal window after January as basically an NFL free agency period to where you know what you need for the next season and you go attack that in the portal. Because nobody, if going forward, if we don't make the 12-team playoff, nobody's going to care what bowl game we're playing. Nobody's going to care who our opponent is, whether you win it or lose it. And it can prepare you 
for the for the following season, as you guys were talking about earlier, get, get some of these young guys in the secondary some run in this in these practices in this bowl game to know, okay, are they going to develop? Are they what we thought they were? If not, let's go attack that in the portal. If they are, now we understand, okay, that may not be as big of a need as we previously thought because throughout the entire season, they barely played. Nico's barely played. The secondary barely played. Use this practically a month as the as a NFL OTA kind of going forward to, to understand what your roster is. Agree. I mean, that's that's what it should be. I mean, but the thing and, is, it's like nobody – like, I don't know why, but, you know, everyone's still putting a lot of stock into these glorified exhibition games. And yep. I don't know if it's just like these guys have been around the game so long, speaking of the coaches, that we can remember when bowl games actually meant something, back when everybody wanted to play in a bowl game. And now nobody wants to play if you're not in the playoff. Yeah. Yeah, like growing up, obviously, you know, we're all kind of the same age and everything. And growing up, bowl games meant a lot to us. Like you wanted to finish the season on a great note. You wanted to play in a prestigious bowl game. You know, it was a good time for everybody. And we're just going – the college football is just trending away from those type of games mattering anymore. Dude, I can um, remember when you didn't want to play in the Peach Bowl mm-hmm. because yeah. it seemed like a bottom-tier bowl game. Yep. Yep. Um, another point that I want to hit on too real quick is I'm going to preface this by saying I want Nico to start and play in the bowl game because I want to see him. I want to see him play a full game against a pretty decent opponent to see, okay, is he what we all thought he was, you know, what the issue is. But I also think a lot of people in this fan base are completely overreacting and overrating him getting meaningful snaps, determining what he's going to do next season. Because I went back and looked over the past decade of freshman quarterbacks who set and didn't play their freshman year. And, I mean, I quickly found seven. I didn't have to deep dive very quickly, but I quickly found seven names that, you know, were very prominent. And six out of the seven redshirted their freshman season. They threw a total of 22 passes their freshman year. And, they, like I said, they didn't play their freshman season at all. And then they go on to win a Heisman Trophy. If you're good, you're good. Yep. If you can play, you can play. Him getting meaningful snaps in the Iowa game is not going to determine or prepare him for next season that much. Now, like I said, I want to see him play. I want him to play over Joe. I think he's better than Joe. I think he should have played the entire season. But I think a lot of the people who are clamoring to see him and saying, well, if we don't play him now, let's go to 100 for next season. I I think that's an overreaction because if you can play, you can play. Trevor Lawrence barely played the first three or four games behind Kelly Bryant, they threw him in there. He went on to win a national championship. If you if you can play, if you're a gamer, if you're that dude, you're going to be that dude whether you got 200 snaps or whether you got 25 snaps. Hmm. I actually don't disagree with that. I think at this point it's just kind of like, I, I want to know what we have for next year. And I think it would be wise for the coaches to know exactly what they have. for, And maybe they do. Maybe they – right. You know, they, we've, we've seen enough in scrimmages and practices to know that this guy's the the future of the program. But, I don't know. I think it would be a nice little carrot to dangle in front of your fans if, if he goes out and were to perform well, build uh, some excitement and hype for next year. I mean, take that 2014 Tax Slayer Bowl, for example. Ironically enough, you're playing Iowa. Mm-hmm. But you knew exactly what you had going into the next year, and that's why there was so much hype generated around that season, especially yep. around that Oklahoma game 
was because you saw what Jalen Hurd was doing. You saw what Josh Dobbs was doing. Vaughn Pearson, like all those guys were just in there, just out there dealing. Like probably one of the more fun games that you could probably say we had over the past 10 years as far as bowl games mm-hmm. go between that and the, uh, the Outback Bowl against Northwestern. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you know exactly what you got going into next year if you have a type of game like that. And on the flip side of that, too, and, you know, I'm one to overreact also, but on the flip side of that is if he goes out there and he doesn't look good or he throws a pick or two, we all know how this fan base is going to react for the next six to seven months heading into next season. They're going to call him a bust. They're going to say he's terrible. We should go get a quarterback in the, in the transfer. Like, it's, it's a boomer bust type mentality with the overwhelming majority of this fan base. Either he's going to go in there, he's going to look good, and he's going to be the next Heisman winner, or we're going to win the national championship next season. Or he goes in there and he looks mediocre, doesn't look that great, and he's a complete five-star bust to Nick Harrison Bailey. Like, there is no middle ground with the majority of this fan base. There, sh- there should be. be. Overreaction. There should be. Right. There's, there, with this fan base, there has to be an overreaction on one side of the corner or the other. Mm-hmm. It, can't, it, it can't be a fine line in the middle. Um, one last thing before I get off here, too. I know Billy Stats has been kind of saying this for a while, and, and I looked it up today. This basketball team, and I tweeted out a few minutes ago, is is very, very similar to the 2017-2018 Admiral Grant team that lost to Loyola. Um, if you go look at all the metrics, I mean, it's it's basically the exact same team metric-wise. The, the two difference is this version, this year's version, is shooting way more threes at a lower percentage, whereas the Grant Admiral team shot less threes at a higher percentage. And this year's version – has way more tempo and way more pace on the offensive end than uh, the Grant Admiral team did. Um, and I think the comp is pretty good when you look at the roster and look who's on this roster to that roster also. Obviously, the, the big missing piece is this team doesn't have a Grant Williams. Mm-hmm. Now, that team, you know, you dump it into Grant and he can go get you a bucket. And I feel like as the season goes, that's what Kinnick is going to be. I think we have a grant on this team. It's just not your typical grant of throw it in the post. It's going to be more out on the wing with, with getting the ball to connect. We've kind of already seen that this season in a few games where they've given him the ball and basically made everybody get out of the way, and he go get you a bucket. Um, but I hope you have a, a good day, guys, and we'll talk to you later. Appreciate the phone call, Thanks, Jordan. Jordan. No, yeah, that's that's what connect has to be, which it is good, though, against NC State that he clearly was struggling. And you had other guys step up. Like that that's the one benefit about this team that if they can do it consistently, you'll feel really good in March and April, is you've got a lot of answers on a given night. Now I, I realize we all want Vescovy and Connect and Ziegler and James every night they should go out there and look like a million bucks. That's not realistic. Like not everybody's gonna go out and just be clicking mm-hmm. on a given night. But it's nice when I mean you think about Connect, he was averaging twenty points, he goes for two. But then you have Josiah step up for 23. Ziegler gets 20. Uh, I think Vescovy had nine. Uh, you know, Awaka gets 12 rebounds. Like, other guys can step up to where you're not going to lose a game like the one against NC State. And if you can have, you know, maybe instead of two, Connect goes for 10, and then everybody else chips in the same, and you're beating teams like Kentucky and Alabama, even when you look at the box score and say, oh, this this certain player didn't have his best night. Yeah. You've got answers, and really at different levels on the court, like – I mean, we saw Adu a couple nights ago, right? He goes for 27, looks, or maybe it was more than that. But he looks great. We've seen Connect go for 37. Uh, we saw Vescovy have over 20. James has had over 20. Ziegler's been over 20 now. So, like, they're scoring available. You just, and this is where it kind of comes down to Barnes on a given night is who has the hot hand, 
how can we manufacture points and make sure we're not going on these four and five minute droughts? And so far, for the most part, I think you've done a pretty good job of that. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at what happened the other night against Georgia Southern, I mean, you just mentioned Jonas Adu going for uh, 29 and 9. Like, that's that's great. If we, yeah, I don't if care we, if really we, if who it's against. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. is like he was the only one that was on that night, too. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, everybody else basically had an off night. Like Dalton Connect, he's had two games where he is not – I think he might have a total of four points combined through the last two games. But you got guys like you mentioned, you know, Josiah Jordan James, who's playing very well this year. Yeah. Playing consistent. And, you know, that's something that we wanted out of him all of last year. That's what bothered everybody the most. It's like, well, at one point you were a five-star McDonald's All-American. After that game, you dropped to a four-star because you played yeah. so bad in that game. But all we've wanted is consistency out of him. Yeah. You know, and we finally got it this year. Now he's actually playing like he should have been playing this whole time. And uh, Well, and I, and I think we've seen it at times – Connect smart enough. He goes in the post. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he's he scored. Attacks. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if Adu could be like almost a four in that situation where he's available, maybe top of the key, Connect sees a double. Maybe he can knock down a shot or be at the free throw line somewhere in that little area, mid range shot or whatever, you know? Because um, Connect right now, is, especially this past weekend, was struggling because they kind of brought some doubles and he's mm-hmm. so weak with the ball in his hands. I, he gets stripped so easy well, sometimes when he does go to the basket. His awareness is what's going to hinder him. Yeah, when he does that blind spin move, it's yeah. like everyone sees it coming, and they just well. And like Barnes said, I mean, still he's still learning. He hasn't played this level of basketball. True, he's, not. he's he's used to going against weaker competition, smaller dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, people not as aggressive. He's you know? not afraid to take it to the rack, though. He's no, because I mean, it's the way he plays. But I mean, I don't know. Some people think he doesn't fit match into the half court offense though either. Like he's better in the open floor. Yeah, his offense is more one-on-one game. Get the ball, ISO. He's not mm-hmm. good at coming off screens. Right. Uh, which I think he could be good at. I mean, he's Vescovy's great at it. Maybe you can learn off him. You know, things like that. You know, so I don't know. It's glad he's on our team though, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a bad night. So everybody has a bad night. You know, it's just um, getting yourself out of that slump is the big thing. Guy like Jordan Ganey, for example, he's got to get out of that slump. But how many times if our best player, like if Vescovy did what Connect did, played 17 minutes, scored two points, did we mm-hmm. win that last year? No, 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 absolutely not. You know, we saw that on multiple occurrences too. Yeah, and I think Vescovy is getting stronger as the season's going on. Yeah, and it will get stronger because he's not having to carry the workload. You know, and right? Ziegler, I mean, hopefully, knock on wood, he's playing. He won't be having to play 39 minutes. Yeah, you know, that's, I thought I mean, the point that, of having that needs Ganey, to stop, and that needs to stop right now. I mean, throw the problem, car out there for a minute. Well, the problem two. is if you put Ganey on the floor, he's just going to shoot it. Yeah, and they, I clearly they're trying to rein his minutes in because he's if he touches it, he shoots it. Well, in a perfect world, like the, before, Connect was playing a lot better, so he was getting yeah. that thirty minutes. You cut him by twelve minutes or whatever he averages, you know, because he was typically counted on and handle the ball a lot in half mm-hmm. court when Ziegler's off, right. You know, so I don't know, but hopefully this doesn't backfire. But it's great to see ZZ out there. We didn't think we'd have him right now. So, no. I mean, it's one of the reasons we won the game on Saturday, you know. So, I don't know. It's good to see. Just ride the hot hand. Stay with us. Hour number two in the books. Hour number three coming up right here on Fan Run Radio.